Paint your hell. That's easy. It's traffic. I hate being in a vehicle. That's one of the big reasons I don't like the tour is like, I can't handle driving. Uh, if I'm in a big, like fancy tour bus, I can handle that, but I'll leave seven hours early if I have to, to be traffic. Like if I have to go to a show in San Francisco and I have to be there by six, I'll leave at noon and just be traffic, get there, sit at a cafe until I have to be there. I can't handle traffic. I can't deal with it. I toured so much like in the late eighties to mid nineties. And it was just being stuck in that van with no smartphone. My God, that was a living hell. Is there anything that makes the drive worse? Busted AC? Is it heat not working in the winter? I actually like when the AC doesn't work. I do a game. I'll, I'll do like a car sauna and purposely like today's a hundred degrees. I will roll up the windows, turn on the heater full blast and just sauna in the car while you're moving. Yeah. Then I'll park at home and then I'll go on. I used, I did this a lot during the pandemic and then I would just do go on Instagram live, just, <laughs> just pouring sweat. I used to do it on tour too. Like you'd be in the Midwest where it's just boiling during the summer plus the humidity. And I'd be like, all right, windows up, <laughs> turn the AC off and then crank the heater. And we would just see how long we could do it for. So it's an activity born purely out of boredom. Yeah, that's awesome. These tools are for you to use. Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife, conversations with artists and activists about death and life. My name is Dave Marr. I'm a comedian in Chicago. I was in a coma. Don't worry, I'm over it. Just kidding. I'll never get over it. And I'm making this podcast about all sorts of existential, non-comedic shit. And my guest this week is the founder of Asian Man Records, Mike Park fucking punk ska legend mike park huge influence on my teenage years mike park he has a new bruce lee band album out called one step forward two steps back but he didn't ask me to plug that specifically i asked him what he wanted me to plug he said whatever you feel like it's it's no big deal he has a degrassi podcast um that's right you heard it right it's a podcast about degrassi and i'll Put that in the show notes. You can check that out. But the the thing about Mike and the thing that makes him an influence on me is when I reached out to him in public on Twitter to see if he wanted to come on the podcast, his response was just two words, of course. And that is the generosity of the DIY aesthetic that has imprinted itself so deeply in my brain. And this episode is a very silly episode. Every once in a while, the last one I can think of is probably Colt Cabana. We get an episode that's just very silly and fun. You know, we we talk about funerals, we talk about death, we talk about uh, his kid changing him, you know, spoiler alert for what his coma is or was. But we also just spend a lot of time talking about free stuff and getting free stuff and how to get free stuff and eating food off other people's plates and his hatred of crowds, but he runs a label. So how does that work? It's a really fun episode. Also, if you have listened to this show before, or if you listen to this show and enjoy it, 
listen, I think the show is worth the cost of a good cup of coffee or a cheap meal every month. If you don't, that's totally okay. But if you agree with me, I would love for you to join the show's Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Marr. For $5 a month, you get my full unedited conversations with guests. You get the after show. For $15 a month, you are a Pigeon Level subscriber, and you get a shout out like these people, John Lee, Shuba Singh, Debo, Fred Fidawa, Susie Carroll, Kurt Chang, and Katie Llewellyn. Speaking of Katie Llewellyn, maybe, allegedly, I'm not going to say anything, but there's a phone number for the show. If you call 313-MISS-URA, that's 313-647-8872, and leave a voicemail, I will play it. Like, for instance, this one, the, I'll, I'll play it, this one. I'm in love with a woman who shits in my mouth. So... That is the 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 words you heard are I'm in love with a woman who shits in my mouth. That's a reference to a bit that Parker Callahan did on uh, Twitter and TikTok. I posted it in my newsletter uh, to show how funny Parker is. It's an inside reference to that bit, and that's exactly the kind of thing you can leave on this voicemail if you want. And apparently, I will play it on the show. I'm in love with a woman who shits in my mouth. So that is one way to interact with the show. Another is to just tell people you know and like about the show. Again, I'm a DIY guy, so word of mouth is my only real form of marketing. Uh, Subscribe to the show. Write a review. Listen, the reviews, I cannot express what an ego boost that is. I need it. Give it to me. Write a review on Apple, please. And uh, yeah, if you don't like the show, just take that to your grave. So enjoy this episode with Mike Park. Oh, and one note about current events when this show gets published. Um, Fuck the United States. Fuck America. Fuck the Supreme Court, I guess. But it doesn't even feel like... It feels like damning these institutions is is missing the point. More importantly than the disenfranchisement, although I'm down for that, is something I've been talking about the last couple months on the show. I, I Mourn as long as you need to. Be angry as long as you need to. I'm fortunate in that where I'm at right now, I'm just able to access hope a little quicker than honestly even I normally am able to. Definitely, this is the result of my privilege as a straight white dude who does not have to cover an abortion anytime soon or think about that being part of my health care or, or an option for me personally. So, but that said, I have community around me that lets me know that we have to hope. We have to. You'll hear it in this episode with Mike Park. Um, it's our only it's our only option. So I'm there for you if you need me. Email this is Dave Marr at gmail.com and I can talk to you about why I have hope on any given day. Tell me whatever you want. Uh, I'm happy to point you in the direction of 
the resources I know. Mostly I'm going to link to the National Abortion Fund website. Don't give to Planned Parenthood. Uh, I only say that because people who know much better than me tell me that they do not provide support in the most hard-hit areas and that they're doing fine on money. So donate to an abortion fund. Reach out to someone. If you don't have anyone, reach out to me. I'm fucking serious about that. Um, And I have hope right now. And if you don't, I've got enough for the both of us at the moment. Because hope is all we have. We'll fucking, we'll burn some shit down. We'll figure some shit out. And we'll, we'll stick together. No matter what, that's the thing. We'll stick together. All right. I love you, and here's the show. I grab your whip and take it back to Shatown. When I'm in Shatown, I treat it like. What do you hope happens when you die? I hope. Uh, well, I hope. I, what I, what physically happens, or what hope happens to my legacy, or everything? Up, up to your interpretation. Well, I hope, like legacy wise, I hope that my kids thought I was a good dad. I hope if my wife is still alive that she thought I was a good husband. And I hope the friends that I made hope that I was a good friend. That's the legacy I hope to leave when I leave this earth. And after body experience, I do hope that there is a heaven and hell because I want all the bad people to go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> and all good people go to heaven. What sep- what determines that? What's the what's the determiner? Uh all GOP go to hell. <laughs> no, I don't know. I shouldn't no, say that. I'm fine so, with that. That's ter- that's terrible to generalize like that because there's the ex- extreme left. There's some evil fuckers there too. So uh yeah, I guess, you know, I, you, you, at least for me, like I could, if I meet somebody and I, and I do start hanging out with them, I could tell pretty quick, like, oh, this is a solid person. I want all the solid people to, to go to heaven and I want all the unsolid people to go to hell. But it's, nice? not, it's not just who you like that goes to heaven and who you don't like that goes to hell, or is it? Yeah, I'd like that too. I think okay. that would be good too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want everyone I like to go to heaven and everyone I don't like to go to hell. Okay. You're just standing at the gates. And it's like, even yeah. if you're boring, even if you are mostly milk toast, didn't do anything too bad, if they didn't do anything to impress you, they're still in hell. Well, no, 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 no. That's, that's, if you didn't do anything to upset me, you'd probably go to heaven. But if you piss me off in any way, I'm kicking you down. Okay. If or I can be the, the kind of person who would piss you off. Yeah. Like if I know that, you somehow like hurt a puppy, like you kicked a dog. Yeah. You'd go down. I'd be like, okay, you're going down. Fair. If you, if you, you know, hit your girlfriend, you're going down (laughs) or your boyfriend, you're going down. Stuff like that. I'm I'm petty. I'm petty. Petty. (laughs) And what would heaven consist of? Just Japan 24-7, just sashimi, merry-go-round sushi, green tea, green tea ice cream, oh, ramen, 
all the ramen you want. Basketball. Like basketball courts everywhere. Guitars. Drums. Good stages, good mics, good sound everywhere. Okay. More green tea ice cream. A lot of ice cream. Just like ice cream everywhere. Yeah. Just You could just peel it off the walls. Pizza. Pizza would be good too. Good pizza though. What makes it what's good in versus bad pizza? Oh, actually, I like bad pizza. So, but I would, if I could just have good pizza, just that like thin crust, wood burning stove, just 800 degrees where it just cooks in three minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So, you're saying Japan over Korea, huh? Yeah, Japan's just like Disneyland 24 7. Now, actually, that would get old. You, that, that would turn into hell. That's a vacation spot in heaven. Okay. You go to Japan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because, no, I I realized, yeah, I did, I stayed, I worked in Japan for a while. After a while, I was like, oh, my God, you got to get out of here. <laughs> really? You, it, wait, so it really did, because sometimes I wonder about this. People say that nice things get old, but I'm like, if it's really nice, there would be aspects of it that wouldn't get old. Yeah, well, the problem with Japan is just there's so many people. There's nowhere to go. Okay. You can't just chill. I guess you could chill in your apartment, but if you want to go to a park, there are parks, but the, there's so many people in the parks. Like you have to reserve. If you want to play basketball, you have to reserve a spot at a court and they'll start reserving spots as early as 6 a.m. So if you want to play basketball and the only spot open is 6, 6 to 8 a.m., you're taking it and you're going to go. This seems ironic given your traffic disdain Mm -hmm. public transportation is good though but it's just i can handle public transportation i actually love it it's the downfall was when the trains were too full so it's not crowds that bother you necessarily it's just the traffic crowds bother me crowds bother me i don't like crowds too stay away from me in a crowd (laughs) honestly i don't i'm i don't like crowds i like the that's why I stopped going to a lot of shows because I just can't handle the crowd. So a lot of friends that are in bands just tell me, like, listen, just come backstage, just chill there. But I'm like, man, I gotta walk through that crowd though to get right. there. So is there anything else to like you want there to be a heaven and hell? Do you believe that this is possible? Yeah. I okay. do. Yeah, I do. I do. I have a I do have a spiritual side. I uh, I would consider myself a bad Christian. That's what I consider myself. Okay. Because I don't go, I don't believe a lot of stuff, but I believe the ideas. Well, I guess, yeah, that makes me even a worse Christian. <laughs> I believe the ideas that I want to believe. Yeah. It's terrible. Yes, I know. I'm a sinner. It's okay. Uh yeah, I do. I feel like there's um, there's got to be more that than just uh, we just showed up. I, I feel like there's a greater power that's Why? that's uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's just a it's just this feeling I have. I've I've just had a feeling like God, there's got to be something more. Like, what's the purpose? What's my purpose here? Is it just a exists for a, a small time and 
be a nice person. I don't know. I just I just feel like there's 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 got to be a greater power. Is there? Did you grow up in churches? Yes. Yes. One hundred percent. What denomination? Uh, Presbyterian. Okay. Because <laughs> there's a big like, is it Korean Baptist community? What's the what's the big? Yeah. Okay. A lot, a lot of non-denominational, but yeah, the, gotcha. the Korea as a country, I believe, is the highest percentage of Christians out of any country in the world. Whoa. I could be totally wrong at the same time. Okay. But I think that's what I remember hearing or reading. Do you feel like growing up in the churches implanted this stuff? Like, do you think you would still have these these vague sort of inklings if you hadn't grown up in the church? Uh, I don't know. I wasn't like growing up, growing up in church was a different, it wasn't very strict. It was more like a, a lot of Korean people, especially the older generation, a lot of them go to church because of the social aspect. Right. I mean, they could be found drinking, smoking away there. They like to party, these old Korean heads. But <laughs> the kids are just like, so like families would get together on Friday. They'd be like, just all the kids. They're hanging out. It was just fun. It was party time. <laughs> so you're so the spiritual aspect just grew in parallel with that. Yeah, I just uh I'm trying to think if there was anything in particular that, that occurred that made me just go, yeah. Yeah. Nothing is popping out. Like I don't have that yeah. I was on I hit rock bottom. I was in jail and right. They're the only book there was a Bible and I opened <laughs> it up and it spoke to me. I don't have any of that. Yeah. I just, I just had this like, yeah, I, I, I look at the good. I, see, I've done a lot of volunteer work and a lot of it's church based. And so I just like looked at okay, who's actually like doing stuff. Who's feeding the homeless? Who's well, also who's, causing wars that could be said all sure, the negative sure. stuff. Yeah. But like the stuff I was volunteering with, like at the, the food bank in San Jose, it was all church based. And I, I really found that to be um inspirational that okay, well they they're not asking for anything from these people. They're just trying to feed them. Um there's no like okay, who's who's ready to get saved? Right. It's just like okay, who who's hungry? Let's feed you. Who needs a place to stay? Let's find you shelter for the night. That's the, that's what I felt really close to. That's what drew me to, um, the hearts of, of, I, 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 I do see just a lot of hypocrisy in Christianity. A lot of, I just don't understand how people, I feel like people use the Bible as a power. Well, I know they do as a power move, like just the, the Trump photo op. With the right, Bible, right? It's just right, like, right. come on, dude. This is no. It's it's and people have taken it. Churches have taken that and used that as their mantra. It's just, I I can't believe it. How can you fall for that shit? Do you think that this is where the social justice aspect of your music work comes yeah. in, or is that mm-hmm. like? Punk ethos or a mixture of the two? A mixture of the two. The punk okay. ethos comes from bands like Seven Seconds and Fishbone and 
minor thread bands that had a message behind the music. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely both. So what about funeral planning? Oh God. <laughs> I didn't know. I, I, I actually was thinking about that maybe yesterday. I was like, huh? I definitely concluded like, God, I, buy me the cheapest casket yeah. that you can possibly buy. And, uh, maybe like, like a Chuck E. Cheese might be a good like environment. Just give everyone like an unlimited pizza and salad bar and video games. That would be a cool party. Something fun. Would your body be somewhere in the Chuck E. Cheese? Oh, I I wouldn't do that. To maybe they can make an animatronic of just me. Maybe if I make enough money, freak people out. You join the um. What's the name of the Chuck E. Cheese band? Let's find out. Yeah. <laughs> Who was the Chuck E. Cheese band? Munch's Make Believe Band is one of them. What? That doesn't sound. Chuck E. Cheese's band is breaking up for good. It's, <laughs> it's Munch's Make Believe Band. This is sad news indeed for many of us musicians, old and young. The animatronic band, the grace the stages of Chuck E. Cheese, are finally throwing in the towel. That's terrible. That I didn't doesn't know this. sound right to me. Munch's make-believe band? I thought I had heard of it, and that doesn't ring any bells. So the original band from Showbiz was called The Rock of Fire Explosion. Okay, that sounds a little more familiar. Okay, so the members are Billy Bob Brackley. Brackley, who's the banjo player. Duke LaRue played drums. Looney Bird uh, is a singing bird that would read off and answer fan mail. Fat Geronimo's keyboards. Mitzi Mozzarella a singer and it was obsessed with michael jackson and beach bear was the guitarist so would you replace any of those people or you just join in on what i would, would you... join in okay gotcha sax saxophone okay so changing the band to a ska band basically Ooh, why not munch's make-believe band that i'm keep coming up with it yeah so that munch's make-believe band is a different band and that band's Chuck E. Cheese on vocals, Helen Henny vocals, bass, uh, Jasper was on guitar, Mr. Munch keyboards, Pasquale, the pizza, the Italian pizza guy was on <laughs> percussion. That's me. He was on drums and percussion. Oh, that band looks better. Do you like the pizza at Chuck E. Cheese? Oh, uh, no, but like I said, I'll, I like bad pizza. So in high school, we used to go to Chuck E. Cheese. We had the biggest Chuck E. Cheese in America in San Jose. And we would go with no money and just wait for families to leave. And then we would eat their pizza and we would just look for tokens. Or we would go to the workers and say, the machine took my token. And they would like, oh, okay. They'd give us another one. Like, yeah. They didn't recognize you? I guess not. I was, like I said, it was the biggest Chuck E. Cheese in the world. Okay, so. okay. And we were like, we were, they had a big, like, you know, those plastic balls, those pool of balls. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like we would jump pit. in there. The ball pit. Yeah. We would do stuff like that. That's free. Go in the ball pit, even though I think we we're too old to be in it. But would great. You serve people Chuck E. Cheese pizza at your funeral, or would it be other food at the Chuck E. Cheese? Oh, yeah. It would have to be Chuck E. Cheese pizza. Okay. They just have to put the, up with it. The, that's the rules. I know, but if you 
you put some sauce and some cheese and pepperoni, it's going to be pretty good. They got a salad bar too. Yeah. <laughs> the iceberg, salad bar. Yeah. That's what they're lettuce. going for. Come on. Cucumbers. Sure. They have garbanzo beans, <laughs> cherry tomatoes, thousand Island dressing. You're really selling it with this isolated list of disconnected ingredients here. Pickled beets. Is there a particular like funeral song, like a song that like feels like a good, this is the song where everyone kind of bows their heads and thinks about me. Ooh, maybe ghost town by the specials. Okay. That would be a good one. That's really dark. Yeah. Why, why ghost just for that reason that it's yeah. spooky. Yes. Okay. Scare people a little bit. Especially when my animatronic comes out, <laughs> start singing. That's a good transition. Yeah. Would you want your animatronic to sing Ghost Town, or that's just the transition to maybe a more upbeat, kind of scary, in contrast song from your animatronic? That's a tough one. Maybe I should sing it because that would really freak people out. Yeah. <laughs> Especially for like, I would, if I just had like, bezos type money i could make like a wax animatronic like that can compete like disneyland level animatronics Mm -hmm. that make it look just like me singing yeah okay so my next question is more of a prompt which is i want you to relive one memory yeah because in my last one man show it was set in the afterlife And I laid out this premise that in the afterlife, everyone gets to fully relive one memory. Um, It's not that your others are wiped. It's just you choose one that you walk into and out of like a room whenever you want, however often you want. If that were the case, what memory would you choose? I don't know why this one memory pops up. It was when I was in Japan and this band from the U.S. called the Suicide Machines were in town. Like I saw they're coming. So I just showed up, surprised them. And then I just got to hang out with their record label. And they just paid for everything. I'm very frugal. So anything free gets me really excited. Yeah. And the fact that they paid for everything until the sun came out. Like we did everything from bowling to ramen to udon to drinks at the bar to karaoke. I mean, nothing overly expensive, but still. Nothing, everything's a little expensive in Japan, but it's just exciting to me. I don't know why. So <laughs> you just knew like, they were in town. Yeah. Had had you arranged to meet with meet up with them or was that a surprise? No, I, I just surprised them. Okay. And were they, de- were they down for the surprise or were they kind of like, oh, okay, sure. Hey, yeah, come along. No, I they guess. were down. They were down. Yeah. We, we, I, like in Japan, usually you the promoters get a hotel room for each member. They get their own room. And I just slept on the floor of the bass player's room. And I remember like looking at the clock and being like 6.08 AM and just like closing that blind. So it was just pitch dark. And I was like, Oh, that was a pretty good night. (laughs) It's a weird one. huh? It doesn't make any sense that that makes me so excited. I like it's okay. So it's the free, it's the free stuff. 
Yeah, Is there anything I about the fact how how close of friends were they? Were they like kind of close friends, and that was part of the fun of it? Were they like these are like really tight buddies? No, I probably never hung out with them like on a one on one before. Okay, <laughs> but we knew each other, and then we got close that night. We were having fun bowling, having a good old time. <laughs> At least I was. Was that part of the experience? Like the fact that you're like getting. It's it's not you're not bogged down with the weight of a friendship. You're kind of just like, hey, we're all gonna be kind of good time gals together tonight. I I don't know. Okay. I don't know if that was part of it or is strictly the getting stuff for free. I mean, there's a lot of free, all my good memories are getting stuff for free, like just getting like. I remember there's a movie theater downtown San Jose, and I was with a friend that's a was at the time was a doctor. So he's making good money. And I just said, let's sneak in. He's like, what? I just opened up the side door. Someone was coming out. I just ran in. He came with me and I was made me so excited that this doctor who's making at the time, probably $150,000 a year. Mm -hmm. We're skimping out on a $6 and 50 cent ticket. And it made me so happy. Oh, I've got more. My wife, well, she was my girlfriend at the time, but we used to go to the movies and we would, we had a large popcorn bag that we would just reuse every time we went to the movies. So she would fold it up nicely and she'd had a little bag of popcorn and then we'd take it out, put the old popcorn in and she'd walk up pretending to eat it. It's like, oh, can I get a refill? And that made me happy a lot. <laughs> what is it? Like, what can you pinpoint where? I mean, other than like, obviously, I understand there's a very visceral level on which like, yeah, sure, getting free stuff is great. But why do you think it gives you such joy? I don't know. Even even the other night, on Friday night, we went to Costco and got hot dogs for $1.50 with a free, it comes with a soda and a quarter pound hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> we, were just, we were just laughing like, oh, this is amazing. We just spent $3 on dinner. We're having such a good time. Because like, if I'm if I'm making some grand, if I'm reading into it, I'm like, oh, it's about sticking it to capitalism. It's about finding the cracks in the system. And this is a DIY guy making his way. DI, you know, Mike Watt, Econo style. And um, but I imagine it maybe doesn't have that much philosophical underpinning. Well, I would, I don't want to like, I definitely don't, well, I don't and will not take advantage of an independent business. Yes. I have no problems taking advantage of big corporations. I don't, and I don't, that sneaking into the movie theater, I felt like, well, you know, I didn't steal anything per se, anything physically. I don't, I don't like to steal. I'm not a person who likes steals. I'm not a, Right. I'm not a thief, but sneaking at the movie theater was fun because I was with my friend who was a doctor who made good money. And I thought it was funny. You know, he didn't know what to do. I just ran in. He's like, I guess I got to follow you. And so he went up to us, escalated. <laughs> so it has some of the same ethos of the the car sauna, too, where it's just like, it feels like my memories of like suburban boredom and just like, yeah, let's just find some envelope to push and see what we can get away with. Oh yeah. I did. I also used to do move. I've done weird things like 
another is bringing up like just good memories. I used to do movie marathons from clo- from opening till closing. And the, and the goal was we aren't going to spend any money while we're there. We're just going to eat leftovers like we find in the garbage. So we just got like popcorn out of the garbage, got refills, and we just refilled popcorn and we just like get large thing of soda, empty it out, wash it out, and then get refills. It was awesome. This is not a particularly post-COVID friendly vision. No, because we I used to do we used to eat off people's plates all the time. Like we would yeah. go into Denny's and we would just eat people like we saw people, no one's at the table and they're done and their food's still there. It feels like a steak or whatever, a, yeah. a hamburger. I would just bite a piece of the part that wasn't eaten. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. No problem. Totally. No problem doing that. Is this do you do it? By yourself too, or is is doing it with friends a big part of the experience? Oh yeah, it has I? Ne- I'd never do it by myself. It's always with friends. Okay. And then we did the all. I've done an all buffet challenge and a fast food challenge. The all buffet challenges. You go to three buffets, but you have to. <laughs> so we had to walk there. So the idea is that you walk to the buffet to like build up the appetite. Yeah. So we walked to the buffet. Breakfast was awesome. Like everyone was hungry. We're having a good time. And you have to, you're supposed to eat until you can't eat anymore. But the problem was the next place was way too close. So it only took us like an hour to walk there. <laughs> we we're already at lunch. We we're like, oh, we're screwed. And then, so we did like, we did hometown buffet, which is like, a, I don't know if they have those where you are, but it's you know, your generic golden corral type of sure, sure, sure. buffet. And then we went to an Indian buffet for lunch and that, that screwed us up. Mm. Did you make it through the third one? Oh yeah. Then we, we, cause it was so close. We just, we just went to a park after and just, just slept and then we walked to dinner and then we finished it off. It was actually, dinner wasn't bad. It was at a place called Fresh Choice, which is like a soup salad buffet type of deal. Mm, okay. It's a little healthy food. Then yeah. You went a little lighter after the, the curry. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, fast food challenges, you pick a destination, usually like a seven-mile stretch of like kind of busy road where there's fast food restaurants uh, dispersed throughout the walk, and you have to order one item from each fast food restaurant until you get to your destination. Mm, okay. That's a good one because you can just get a small fry or a soda. Right, 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 small right. Soda. So when you were in Japan with Suicide Machines, yeah, you were living there. Yeah. So why'd you stay at the hotel? Just because you were up that long? Oh yeah. Okay. It's like I don't, I don't want to take the train home. Right. I've got this nice hotel room. I'm gonna sleep on the floor. It was great. Is any of it about being a host? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Okay. Maybe a okay. little bit. I guess. But maybe not. So yeah. Okay. Not nothing too heavy, just like like a fun time with friends. Yeah, I just like I love. I try to have fun on as little money as humanly possible because I people I think people rely on money too much to have fun. It's like it's an un it's a necessary evil, but you can do so many cool things without a lot of cash, which I've proven <laughs> with your whole life. Yeah. What's your coma? And I ask it this way because 
I was in a coma for a month, and there was a moment when everyone thought I died, and they posted eulogies for me on Facebook, and that's kind of given rise to all these sort of existentially shows and stuff that I've done since. And But it was a moment of transformation for me where I can look back and not right away, but I definitely changed, you know, in the months after where it feels very much like there was an old me and a new me. And I don't think these have to be like grandiose moments. It could be something tiny, but what is a moment like that of transformation like that for you? Yeah. It, it, yeah. That's, that's easy. That's uh, having kids. My God, that's the big change. That was going from sneaking into movie theaters and eating food off other people's tables to raising a kid and not doing that anymore, which makes me sad in some degree, but that's a big one. Just my life changed completely. Once I became a dad and had to be responsible. Um, what you didn't feel like you could pass on some of that sneaking into movie theaters stuff to the kids. Sure I did, but it's not now they're almost 14 and 16 and they're total opposite of me. They're all, they like the bling. They want, Mm. they want name brands. They don't care about punk rock and they don't think I'm cool. Bunch of bullshit. (laughs) Were you aware? Did you, did you angle how, how intentionally did you want them to think you were cool? A little bit, a little part, a little part of me wanted to, I was showing, I wanted to be relevant somehow with that demographic through the label, through the record label. I was, you know, I still sign bands that are young. So I was hoping that would be bands that my kids would be into and that their friends would be into so that they could kind of gravitate towards that part of my life that is so important to me, but it hasn't happened. And I, I think that's normal. You know, kids don't want to do what they're parents do or do they i think about like all the athletes that follow in their parents footsteps why not my kids did you ever intentionally leave guitars or musical instruments around for them to kind of as yeah. babies be strumming and they just didn't take to it they, take, they both took drum lessons they both played saxophone one is still playing saxophone but hates it but i'm just forcing him to take it continue taking uh, lessons until he's uh graduated with junior on it which he has one more year and i know he's going to quit when he's done so it is what it is then why force him fun (laughs) for you yeah why what's fun about it i would think if if he doesn't like it he's probably squawking away because he he met he has a friend in class that's only like four feet five inches and he's like five feet 10 and it looks funny because they're best friends <laughs> that's the only reason because <laughs> when they take pictures together it looks hella funny i like it <laughs> so it's your visual yeah. uh aesthetic sense of humor that yeah i don't want i don't want that to ever end <laughs> <laughs> that is the most unhinged reason i can think of to make your kid keep playing saxophone it's great if you saw it, you'd you'd know. If you I can were there imagine, yeah. Watching them play and this tiny little boy sitting, well, they're sitting playing next to my son, 
it's the funniest thing. When they hang out, it's even funnier. It's like, well, if I see them walking down the street, I'm like, oh my God. It just looks like this man hanging out with this little baby. Does the friend know know that you think this? Oh, hell no. Okay. <laughs> can't, I can't say stuff like that. that yeah, yeah, hurt yeah. his feelings, but I'm thinking it, and so is my wife. We love it. So when you when you had kids, yeah, was it a was it a like prescribed set of notions that you were like, oh, this is what I think a parent is supposed to do. I need to make these X and Y changes. No, we wanted to be really liberal parents to encourage like art and we were the initial idea was we weren't going to change anything that we were doing all already. We were going to just bring the kids with us. And that quickly changed. Like we need friends that had done that work. Oh yeah, we're gonna do that too. And we're like, we're like, oh hell no, this is a terrible idea. Our kids, you know, going to shows or parties. Like we had friends that they would just bring them to parties. They're like, oh, that's kind of cool. They just why didn't you do their own thing? Because our kids suck. <laughs> <laughs> They're bad. They're bad kids. From the beginning, you felt that way? Ah, they were pretty good when they were really young, but they're, I mean, they're, yeah, my son, even when he's little, he's such a mommy's boy. So shy and scared. So it's just hard. Like you bring him somebody, he just want to go home and just start crying. (laughs) We're just like, okay, let's go. Right. So at a certain point, yeah, there's only so much leading them around. They're dictating things at a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And what, so what, in a, okay, so you're giving up shows, you're giving up parties to an extent. Mm-hmm. What else, what other things were part of the old version of you? Uh, that's big part of it. The social aspect of hanging out. Um, I just don't want to do. It's like a lot of people will come over my house to go on walks. Cause that's what, if they want to see me, that's the way they know they can see me. Cause I'll go for a walk because I love, I try to walk 10 miles a day. So it's always like, okay, let's go for a walk and come over. And so people do like, I have a friend coming over in a couple hours just to go on a walk and we'll talk and get exercise. It's great. It seems odd. I mean, I can definitely relate to getting burnout on social scene things, but running a label feels innately social in some way is there any contrast there or is is it is that the type of social you like to be where you're in control you're getting back to people when you feel like it well i'm always really good at getting back to people yeah let's let's get that out of the way i'm okay okay. i get i get get pissed when people take too long to text me back Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All, all 86 someone if they don't text me back in an x amount of time they're done. Just, just done never talk them. to them again. Oh, probably not that far. Okay. You know, it, it'll cross if it happens numerous times. And yeah, why not? Yeah. The the label's good because it's uh it's at my mom's it's in my mom's garage and she's she's super old, so she gets to see me every day. And I know it's good for her because she has nobody else to talk to. Sure. Uh and then the bands come over. The bands will come over. I'll put them to work. Let them 
help do some kind of uh, grunt work. And then we get to talk and take some funny pictures. It's fun. And then they're on their merry way. <laughs> and right. Done so it's them. like a prescribed social life. It's le- It sounds it's less swarmy and crowded. Yeah. I've gone out twice since March of 2020. I've gone out twice, like out late, like past midnight. Yeah. Everything else has been like, you know, I'll go to like the amusement park for the day for a couple hours. Cause I have a season pass. And if once it gets too crowded, I'm like, all right, let's go. Right. Right. Like I'll go to the beach. I'll go like I'll I'll go to places for a short time. I just don't want to stay at a crowded place for a long time. Yeah, and and the record the record label never gets crowded because it's you I can control that. And you're, yeah. yeah, you control it. Okay. And if it gets if they don't if they if it gets to a point where they're not leaving, I'll just go. Oh man, I gotta go. I'll just use the kids. I'm like, oh, I gotta take my son to basketball practice does he have basketball practice no i'll just make up something (laughs) you can just that's that's the good one thing about kids you can just use them to your advantage Uh hella excuses to get out of stuff oh kids we have a like teen therapy or whatever you can make up anything you want (laughs) but then people are checking in on oh how's teen therapy going you're going uh yeah i wouldn't push it like that then i would come up with something else right but it's it's i've I've done it several times and i'm not ashamed something that's been like a constant thread for you is like we were talking about earlier the social justice work and this like really strong anti-racist thread in lyrics and stuff like that. I'm wondering, do you feel like this is a fight that you're winning? No. <laughs> no. Does it even does it matter that you're not winning or wh- what's your like feeling about cuz shit's fucking really bad right now. You know. And I'm just wondering what keeps you going for so long with this stuff? To try to do what's right, at least what I believe is right. I mean, who knows? Maybe I'm the idiot. Maybe I'm I'm the bad one. But the injustices I see, I can't just sit back and live in some shell and and hide from the reality of what's 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 really going on out there. Yeah, it's not an option. It's not an option. I have to, I have to, like, what am I doing? I was so much more in the present when I was younger, going, physically going to rallies, physically going to volunteer. I haven't done any of that the last three years. I'm just not, I can't even go. Like all the anti-hate rallies, I'll promote them. And I, I have an intention to go sometimes, but I just can't even go. I was like, I can't go. That's too many people. Yeah. Do you feel guilty about that? Or are you just kind of, is it like you've entered a different phase of? No, I, I do feel guilty about it because I want to be present. 
what about putting it in the music? Is does that feel like yeah. not enough? Oh, oh, I thought you were going to say something different, but you no, know, music is a, definitely a key ingredient in helping me get things off my chest as therapy, but also get my get thoughts that might help influence the next generation of young people. I think it's harder to change older people's minds. It's just the reality. You hit a certain age, you're really stubborn. Like, I'm not changing my mom, my mom's mind on anything. I mean, she's like, she doesn't know how to use, she doesn't know how to text people. I'm not going to try to teach her. She has a smartphone. I don't know why she just uses it to talk on the phone. It's just, that's it. You've got people are setting their way, especially older people. So my goal is always like talk, try to influence younger people through action. So if, if I'm not physically there at these rallies where I can, if I'm either, if I'm speaking at them or if I'm playing music at them uh, or just being there in solidarity with, with others, um, at least I can do music and, and share my thoughts do that medium, I think is always powerful. Music is, I mean, music is super powerful, whether people really realize it or not, you know, any, any situation you're in, whether it's a amusement park, grocery store, airplane, everyone uses music or airports. You know, music is played everywhere you walk in a yeah. public setting. And it's used scientifically researched of like, what kind of music do we play to, have people react this way or that way or to buy more, et cetera, et cetera. But your music is encouraging people to scam more, to sneak into yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, I should start writing songs like that. But you know, that's what podcasts are for, so people can know the real me. I think if you don't know me well, I have come across it as this very like straight up standing person who has um various serious overtones right flowing through their mind at all time but right. a lot of times where i have that face and someone's talking to me i'm thinking of the, the good old days check pts <laughs> and eating free pizza i mean shit, i once i once walked from the vegas airport i once walked all the way to the strip to avoid the taxi fee <laughs> oh my god oh my god that is the show thank you so much for listening thank you to Mike Park for being a fun time for being on the show for being a fucking hero to so many people and check out his stuff at the links in the show notes check out my stuff subscribe to my newsletter join that patreon if you're listening at at this point there's you know you got what maybe 30 seconds left of the podcast you want to hear to the very end you got to be on the patreon patreon.com slash dave mark and until next week remember you are a mist you are human only human and human beings they do miracles.